Welcome to the Spirit Restored Podcast. This is where the curiosities of spiritualism meet the belief systems of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This podcast is only for those with an open mind. Join Ken Adams on his quest to find higher planes of spiritual experience. It's really fascinating when you think about pyramids. Yeah, I, I do some research. I've always been a big fan of archaeology. I've always wanted to learn about human history and everything. And even in grade school, I would get the best grades in all of the history classes, 100% and all the tests, everything. I just love that stuff. It's really easy for me. And I've always been fascinated by pyramids. I've always been fascinated by what they're used for, what the contents inside of them were. And recently, uh, actually it was a couple of years ago, they found a new pyramid in Darshur in Egypt. And they go to excavate it and they see in the heart of the pyramid where they would expect to find a mummy or a body or something like that. Um, it seemed to be like it was undisturbed because there was like a 6,000 pound stone on top of the spot where there would be a mummy. So they got this machinery in, they got people there and they pulled off this stone and they were all very excited because hey, we finally found a pyramid without it being disturbed and for millennia, right? So they, they're like, for sure, we're going to find a mummy in here. We're going to find, you know, a hidden treasure, something lost for a lot of time. And they open it up and you wouldn't believe what they found in there. In fact, really like the, the history of humanity, the history of the world is such a secret, right? Like there's such little that we know. I mean, even if we talk about, we're like, okay, 6,000 years ago, that was a long time ago. Well, humans have been around for a, over a couple hundred thousand years. So first of all, human history is barely even scratched on the surface. We hardly know anything that happened. And there's so much that happens throughout time, right? Even before human history, right? 225,000 years ago, more than that. And supposedly the age of the earth is four and a half billion years, right? And so much is just unknown to us. We don't know what we don't know. And there's so much that we could find out, right? And I feel like as, as I think about uh, religion, as I think about God, as I think about his character, his nature, right? If we hardly know a sliver of what we know of our own history as humans, how could we know very much about who God is, right? We we don't know everything that he's done. And in the last episode, I talked about how our physical senses aren't really a good measure of measuring God and what he's capable of and what he can do. In fact, in church this Sunday, someone brought up a scripture in uh, its LDS scripture. It's in the Book of Mormon. It's about this prophet named Alma the Younger is what we call him in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Alma the Younger, when he was young, he would persecute the church, the followers of Jesus Christ. He would cause problems. He would break things, you know, all, all find all kinds of ways to cause problems in the church. Now, the big issue was that his father was the leader of the church. He was the prophet of the church. And Alma the Younger was causing all these issues. Well, his father got down and he prayed. And he asked God to intervene in, in the life of his son, Alma, that he named after himself, Alma the Younger. And one day, Alma the Younger's going out 
and about doing his business, and he sees an angel, and an angel appears to him. And after the angel delivers his message and, and basically tells him, why are you persecuting the church? Don't you know that, that, that God doesn't like that and you could die, right? You could you lose your soul over this. After that visitation from the angel, Alma the Younger went unconscious for three days. And in those three days, he had to come to terms with the reality of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ actually being real and alive and able to save him. And it was after that, years after that, he's talking to his sons and he's talking to people that are in the church and he's telling them about how he knows what he knows about God. And what he shares is this, which is really fascinating. He doesn't say, well, because I saw an angel or because I was unconscious for three days and I called out to Jesus Christ and I was saved. That's not what he says. He actually says he knows that there is a God and that there is a Jesus Christ because he's fasted and prayed many days. Now, isn't that fascinating when you think about that, right? That experience with the angel where he saw an angel, he saw him face to face. That did not give him the knowledge that he was looking for, right? And even in the Book of Mormon and in an earlier chapter of the Book of Mormon, earlier books, actually in First Nephi, Nephi was a prophet. And he was traveling with his brothers into Jerusalem. This is before the people in the Book of Mormon migrated to the Americas. And they're on this quest to get scriptural record called brass plates from this king named Laban. So Laban was in charge of controlling these plates. Sorry, his name's, he's not a king, actually. He was in charge of keeping these brass plates in Jerusalem. And his brothers and Nephi, they brought this gold, silver. They tried to get the plates in many ways, and it failed several times. And the brothers of Nephi, Laman and Lemuel were their names, they started beating Nephi with a stick. And in the middle of that, an angel appeared and told them to stop, right? And told them basically to focus back on what the mission is. And so even then, Having that experience where Laman and Lemuel, the brothers of Nephi, that was not convincing evidence to them that God is real. And I think so much of what we think would be evidence of God's reality, of him actually being there, cannot actually be trusted because we are using physical senses. We're see, you, if you could see angels, if you could see God, if you could see all that, it actually is not a true witness. It's not a true testimony of who God is because those senses that are used to understand and learn spiritual matter are not our physical senses. It's not what we hear with our ears, see with our eyes, you know, or feel with our hands or smell or taste. It's none of that. It's actually a spiritual connection. And so going back to Alma the Younger, he said that he fasted and prayed many days to know the, these things were true. And when he says these things, he's talking about knowing that Jesus Christ would come and knowing that his gospel is real. And with all of that combined, right, we're really talking about what is the nature of God? God, and and in the last episode, I said that God's absence is his greatest presence. Well, let's go a little bit further on that. God is basically working in secret, right? He is not knowable 
to our human senses. He's only knowable spiritually. And if you go into the scriptures and you look at the New Testament, there are some very fascinating scriptures that help us understand the nature of God. So if you go into Matthew chapter 6, verse 3, this is in the New Testament and the Gospel of Matthew. And it says, but when, and this is Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Now, when I originally read these scriptures, I was thinking, okay, don't be prideful when you're going out and following God, right? Because God doesn't like that, and you should feel ashamed if you ever talk about how you serve someone. Well, I don't think that that's true. What I don't think that the, this is the main message of the scripture. Let's continue to verse six. It says, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Now, not only, this isn't even about alms anymore, right? So there's nothing to brag about here. We are told in scripture not to pray in public so that people see how good you are at praying either as well. Now, this is more of how Heavenly Father responds to us. He responds to us secretly, right? In secret. Now, let's continue to verse 18 before I talk about this further. And it says that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. This is once again all in the same chapter. It's the same idea that Jesus Christ is teaching his disciples is that the Father works in secret. Yeah. And this goes back to the idea that we can't actually know God with our five senses. That is not the way that we get to know him. The way to get to know him is to recognize him spiritually. Now, the thing is, even with our five senses, I would say that he's hidden in plain sight, right? Because if you look around, you notice how there is so much perfect harmony that's going on. Yeah. The, there's the cycles of the earth that create life here. There's the magnetic field that protect us from the rays of the sun. The fact that the earth is in such a perfect position, the fact that birds know where to fly and what to eat and, and the deer know how to migrate and, and the fish, right? If you even think about fish, this is really fascinating, actually. If they're in a school and there's a shark that's coming from a quarter mile away, if one fish moves near that shark, then the other fish move in the same adjacent direction as that fish way over there, right? And you might be thinking, how is all of this possible, right? How is it possible that there is this innate intelligence that's built into nature, right? That things work in harmony. I don't know about you, but I don't always live a harmonious lifestyle, right? And the thing is, what I've noticed is if I'm not consciously observing something, sometimes it leads to destruction rather than harmony, yeah? And, and I look at nature and I'm like, okay, if you look out there, it's not so chaotic. It's actually really well bound together. It's actually really harmonious. And I've noticed if you think about the law of entropy, right? In entropy, things that are not observed naturally lead to a state of destruction. So for example, the, the sun 
over time will destroy itself, right? The earth over time will destroy destroy itself. And it's just kind of the the way of nature as well. It, it can also be included as harmony that there are these cycles of destruction and construction. Well, on an individual basis, the things that you observe are ordered and the things that you don't observe are not. And this is backed by quantum physics because in quantum physics, if you are observing something, then they've proven with science that observation is what creates reality. And if going back to this dual slit experiment that I talk about a lot on this podcast, when they were shining light through two slits and the cameras were observing that light, it acted like a particle. When they turned off the camera and no one was observing it, it was a wave. And this goes back to the question, you know, if no one's observing it, is it anything, right? If, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there, does it, does it make a sound? Scientists would say, well, there was no tree in the first place. If no one's observing it, it, it just doesn't even exist. Now, going back to all of this, right? If I'm not observing nature and it's working in perfect harmony, right? Then who is observing nature? Who's observing all these things that are working together? If I'm not observing the universe and it's working in perfect harmony, who's observing the universe, right? And it must be that there is an innate intelligence bound into everything. And when you really look at this perfect harmony that is in the world, you'll notice God within that harmony. He's the one consciously observing all of this. And it's also supposed to be an example for our lives, right? Because on the other side of harmony is chaos. And the thing about chaos is it's when people do whatever they want without regard for laws or, or nature, right? They just do whatever they want and it creates this chaos. There's now disorder in everything. And the thing is, that doesn't exist outside of humans. If you think about it, humans are the only ones that create this kind of chaos. They're the only ones that could and make these decisions and these choices. It's really fascinating. If you look at other animals, they don't create chaos, right? It's not Jumanji out there. You know what I mean? They don't create chaos in their realm. They know what to do within their bound area. They have set patterns they do. They walk in certain directions. And this is really an interesting thing to observe about humans, right? It shows that we actually have free will. And with that free will, we can create intelligence, right? We can use our intelligence and put intelligence into something else. When I say create intelligence, right? There is so much going on that humans do that we do create order out of things. We create systems and systems are an intelligence. Not only that, but humans are on the brink of creating sentient AI, right? Where AI can think for itself. So this is a power that we have because, I mean, you know, we can create chaos, we can create destruction, we can also build, we can create construction, we can do all of that. The goal, though, I think for, for you as a listener, if you're another Christian, someone who loves God, who loves Jesus Christ, the goal here is to create harmony, though. And harmony is something that is almost secret, right? It almost goes under our perception. And recently, I've been helping a company. Uh, I hope to interview the owner very soon. It's called Jump by Limitless Flight. It's a VR simulation where you base jump in VR. And uh, I hadn't gone into the simulation without a VR helmet. And the owner let me go into the place where someone's jumping, right? 
And I go in there and he puts on the helmet and I started noticing, I was like, there's a smell in here. And he's like, yeah, that's been here the whole time. And I hadn't even noticed the smell before because I was in the VR situation and I just assumed that there would be smell. But the thing is, like, like God, right? Until you get out of the simulation that is this, you kind of assume that the things are here. But when you get out of the simulation, you're going to notice all the things that God has done, all the things that he's created, everything that he's made in this that allows this to be an intelligent simulation that you're part of. Yeah. And this is how he works in secret. It's really going back to these scriptures, right? When you when you do alms, when you serve, do it in secret. When you pray, do it in secret. When you fast, do it in secret. Not because it's bad for people to know that you're fasting or praying or anything. It's because you communicate with God through the path of secrecy. That is the way you get to know him. That's the way you become like him, is to be able to do things in secret without needing to be known. And this is another example of how God's presence is his greatest absence. And so as you think about this throughout the week, right, begin to open your eyes to the fact that God's intelligence is literally everywhere around you. Yeah. And going back to those pyramids, they opened this pyramid up and all these people, they thought, you know, what's going to be inside this pyramid? It's going to be a mummy, right? They open it up and inside the pyramid was absolutely nothing. There wasn't anything in the pyramid. And it sparked a lot of questions for people. In fact, I started watching some YouTube channel, a YouTube channel. It's called The Land of Chem, C-H-E-M. Check it out. It's really cool. And it's this chemist that went to Egypt and created this theory how the pyramids were actually creating chemical compounds and that they weren't originally designed to store bodies, even though there have been some bodies found in pyramids, not all pyramids. The majority of pyramids never had bodies. They may have had some traces of human remains. That doesn't mean it was a burial site. Now, the thing is, when, once you start learning the secrets of God, right, when you, when you get to know him, when you start seeing his intelligent design, when you start to learn from him and know that he's there, it's not something you see with your physical eyes anyway. It's not something you hear with your physical ears. It's, it's something that you know spiritually. And that spiritual knowledge is what we in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would call a testimony, right? And you can only receive that from God. Thank you for listening today. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel so I can continually grow this and create content for people. I appreciate you and we will talk next week. Ken loves to get feedback from his audience. Send him a private message or write a review so that he can discuss topics that are most relevant to your spiritual experience. Thank you for listening today and remember to join next week.